All right, welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast. I'm Kyle Matrician, and this week we've got a women's basketball special for you as we've got head coach Megan Griffith in studio, followed by junior captain Riley Casey. And up first, as I said, it's Coach Griffith. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. How's everything going? Great, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a nice time break from finals. we got two more for two of our players, and then we're all done. So ready to move on to this weekend. And I'm just going to jump right off the bat here. Team's on a five-game winning streak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six and three. Uh, five-game streak began with a win over last year's NEC champion Robert Morris on the road. And you've since beaten Army, Milwaukee, Georgetown, and Davidson in succession. I mean, just give us your observation on what's been going well over this stretch. Well, I think that the team has bought into our defensive identity more and then also done a nice job of just knowing personnel and adjusting per scout. I think that that's always is a big part of success, right, is being able to flip quickly from one opponent to the next and maintain the principles uh, that are important to your team. And I think that for us this year, we haven't had to change a lot of how we guard things or how we match up with, with certain lineups or certain, um, you know, whoever's throwing what, what, you know one of the opponents at whatever they're throwing at us. So I think that's been a nice piece for us is that we've been consistent and just trying to be who we are um, no matter who's facing us on the side of the court. And I want to talk about not just winning games, but the fashion in which the team's been winning games. I mean, coming from behind in the fourth quarter, like constantly fighting, you know, not that the team's been down any big stretch, right? Mm -hmm. But I, two games down seven points, I think, with seven minutes to play against Robert Morris and Army came back to win. Four of the five wins have been fourth quarter comebacks. Mm -hmm. In fact, you're outscoring opponents 90 to 63 in the final 10 minutes. Talk about the transformation you've seen from year one with this team to now and how it closes out games? I think that there's a lot of growth that has happened just in terms of understanding you, to, you have to compete over 40 minutes and not just you know when you're feeling good or when shots are falling. I think that's the hardest time for players to really check themselves and get them back into a flow. Uh, and for us, what we've been trying to impart on our team is that it's defense ignites our offense, not the other way around. So if we care more about getting scored on versus scoring, you're going to see better results because that's what's going to give us opportunities to get great looks on the other side of the floor. So it's been just a kind of rewiring of how we think and how we approach uh, and also a resilience piece that I don't think we had early on when I was here. That's hard. That's hard for to teach. I think that you have to be in those situations and understand how hard it is to actually win ball games, no matter who you're playing. Um, and, and that I think every day you have to really look at your opponent and see that they're, it's, it's about winning – our battles versus who are we playing against or who are we battling with. And so this team has, has really just taken a deep dive into like really embracing who we are and being okay with the ugly moments so that we can get to the better ones. And speaking of the we mentality, from what I've seen this year, and we've talked about this before, it, it just seems like there's no one player that's being relied on every game. I mean, every game, all of these wins have been complete team efforts and you don't know who's going to be the leading scorer, who's going to be the leading rebounder. And it doesn't really matter to an extent who leads the team in whatever category. It's just been a complete team effort. I mean, can you talk about the change in that so far this year? Yeah, it's, you know, our first two seasons here as a staff, we were, we were really lucky to coach a player like Camille Zimmerman. You know, Camille Zimmerman is a 20-10 and 10 player a night for you. And she totally grew into that role, and, and that was great to have. It just kind of froze everybody around you when you have somebody with a huge target on their back at all moments. 
And so for us now to have a team that's one deeper and two more led by committee, it's, you know, on the floor in terms of production. It just, that's how good teams win games and they win a lot of games. Um, and we still have, you know, a lot of, of growth in certain areas, especially individually and then as a group. But I think that's been the, absolutely the biggest transformation is now that we have multiple weapons on the floor at any given time. Um, and two, like, it's just, you look at the stat sheet and, it's from rebounds to assists to steals to, to points. It's everybody is contributing in some way. So you're seeing numbers everywhere versus, okay, this person is leads us in assists. This person leads us in rebounds. This person scoring. It, it's just it's not the same person. No, absolutely. And that's, again, I think the mark of a really good team. And the, the best teams that I've been a part of, too, as a coach and a player um, is when you have distribution evenly spread out. And you gave me kind of a good little segue here when you mentioned Camille and your answer. I want to talk about Camille real quick, and I'm going to butcher the names of this league and the <laughs> team that she's on. But Camille, for anybody who doesn't know, is playing professionally over in Finland. This is her second year. Mm -hmm. uh, she was named the November Player of the Month for her league, and I'm just going to give it a go and say nice in chorus liga. She plays for a team, I believe that goes by Kuvaturit. Uh, anyway, she averaged over 20 points, uh, I think 11 rebounds during the month. Uh, it was nice for me. I DM'd her on Twitter to, you know, awesome. let her know that we were going to do this. And she, <laughs> she said to me, she goes, you know, I'm so nice. It's so glad that you uh, wrote this article because I had no idea what I was averaging because I can't understand anything <laughs> that's, being, that's being put on the website or anything. So she's like, so now I know what I'm averaging and all that. Yeah. That was pretty funny. But uh, I mean... Camille. Talk about uh, Camille real quick. Like I said, her second year over in Finland, player yep. player of the month. I mean, how good is that for her and you know this program? Absolutely. She, you did say it right. Nice thing, Chorus Liga. I played over there as well, so I played in the same league for two years. Uh, and it's really neat to kind of follow her journey right now because there's still players that are playing that I played with, which is hysterical. But um, also goes to show you like how the game can connect people in. I think for Camille, it's been really great to see her growth, even from last year to this year. I mean, one, from college to the make the jump professionally, but just to see that she's becoming a more complete complete player. You know, she's had games where she's had triple-doubles, and she's still doing her, her you know, uh, quintessential Camille double-double every night. Yeah. But I think for her to just expand her game in other ways um, and have to play more of an outside role as a perimeter player – um, it's been really neat to to see that evolve for her. And we still talk all the time. You know, Camille, probably there's a some sort of text exchange at least once a week. And a lot of the times it's about basketball. But she's an avid follower of this of this group and this family that's still hers. And um, it's really special to see somebody take their career where they want it to go and, and hopefully keep, you know, keep growing there. That's a cool little connection that you and Camille have, having you know you having played in that league and now she's in that league, and you you can really kind of relate to what she's telling you. Mm -hmm. What what's the most unique thing that you can remember about playing over in Finland, playing overseas anywhere really, mm -hmm. in that league maybe in particular? Unique. I could take that a lot of different ways. <laughs> um, I I would say that like <laughs> so my first year I played in this in the same league. My first and my third year I played in the same league, uh, or second year. I'm sorry and. It was so different. I was in the worst team my first year, okay. literally the worst team in the league. I think we won two games in regular season, and we had to play for like to for the relegation. <laughs> so oh. and we ended up winning to stay, but my team was so bad. Um, I didn't know they did the relegation. Oh my in gosh, those they leagues. did. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. I don't know if they still do. And then my second year when I came back, I played for the very best team, and we won literally everything you could win. So to have the juxtaposition of those two experiences and seasons back to back. 
I thought was really unique because it was just in terms of how everything was handled from a professional standpoint, management standpoint, um, how serious the basketball was. Like there was seven pros in my second team versus three that were only Americans, you know. So it, I think that that was really unique just to see a league from very two very different perspectives um, and to be, you know, fighting to stay in the league and then also, you know, winning and celebrating national championships. So I think that to me was really unique. But I, I think, you know, playing overseas is it's not for everybody. And I'm really proud of Camille to, like, embrace this experience and, like, get to learn about herself. I told her, like, that was the number one thing that I took away from it was like, I just knew myself better coming back. Uh, and because you have a lot of time by yourself and, yeah. and that's, I would say really hard for a lot of people um, to be on a different time zone or in time zone and, and to have so much time on your hands where you're like, you're not even, it's not just basketball, right? So you got to kind of figure out the other things that intrigue you and um, you know what you like. Well, we certainly wish all the best to Camille the rest of the season, hopefully more players of the month in Nice and Chorus Liga, that would be good to see. All right, we're going to flip back to this year's team. The team's been off from games for 10 days, mm -hmm. 10 days or so, with, with finals break and study break. But now finals are nearing their end. Uh, you return to action Saturday at noon to play NJIT. What are the pros and cons of having a, a, a layoff from games like that in a stretch where you've won five in a row? So the cons of that, obviously, is just momentum, right? Like you just – anytime you halt momentum, you wonder, like, how do teams pick that back up? What does it look like? Um, and and I'm not even that worried about that because we have a pretty hungry and, and competitive group. So our practices have been really quality. I think the pros are that, one, you get this same break going into Ivy season. So we kind of get a look at, like, what is that going to be like when we have to face Cornell for the first time after Mercer, right? We have the very similar timeline. Um, also, you get to heal. I think that's a pro, <laughs> you know, any minor injuries. And then last but not least, like, you just get to be you and work on yourselves. So, like, just really fine-tune your organization, what you want to do, make sure that your principles are ingrained even deeper into into the players. So... I think there's a lot of pros right now. Um, and the cons, like, again, it's it's hard to tell at this point. But I think that, you know, just halting momentum is always tough. It's like making a run in a game. And then, like, halftime comes. You're like, yeah. okay. So, mm -hmm. you know, you get 15 minutes off here. So just a little bit longer of a break. <laughs> and before we get too far ahead, I do want to talk about Janiah Clemens. She was named the Ivy League Player of the Week uh, last Monday for the her performance almost two weeks ago mm -hmm. against Davidson. The game came on a Monday night, so it was kind of yeah. weird timing <laughs> with how the player of the week's come out. But it was about yeah. a week after her performance against Davidson. She had 20 points, five rebounds, three steals, three assists. She was 8 of 14 from the field. Mm -hmm. I believe she scored seven points in the final five minutes mm -hmm. or something like that. I mean, how special is that to see that for her from your from your perspective with mm -hmm. how much work you know, you know that Janai has put in? Yeah, it's... It's just it makes me really proud. Um, I think that Janaya has earned everything she's gotten, and this including this accolade. Uh, and she's and she's not she's somebody that will will stay confident. This will help, and who wouldn't who wouldn't make this more confident, right? But I think for her, the fun thing to see is that she has you know bigger bigger goals in sight. And this is just something like along the way. I, th I remember that day that she got released. Her and I were texting about something like completely different that had to do with the team and like leadership and something we were like bouncing off back and forth. 
and we get off the phone and she's like, Oh, I just saw this. And like, did you know? And I was like, yes, I knew, you know? And, um, so it, it's just kind of, it's really neat to see how humble she's been. She's grown into as well. Like it's not just being this confident, fearless leader. It's also having a great sense of humility and confidence in who you are every day. Um, and knowing too, like she's okay with making mistakes though. Cause she's still learning and she wants to get the most out of her time here. So it, it, I'm just so proud of her. I think she's evolved into a really amazing human being and, I can't wait to see where she goes. Yeah, I think that award kind of gives a good barometer for how good of a leader she's been for this team over the last two years and especially this season. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the keys to success mm -hmm. for Saturday against okay. NJIT. In your mind, give me three keys to success uh, that you want to see uh, your team really do during that game that you think will ultimately wind up in victory. One, first and foremost, we've been talking a lot about um, being really locked in defensively. So I would say just ex com completely executing our defensive game plan. You know, there's always going to be holes in a game, and we're trying to, to make this something that, um, you know, we can really leave like, okay, this is who we are. Like, this game's going to define who we are, right, as a program. So it's just kind of, you know, not that one game can do that, but just really, really trying to focus on that side of the ball. So executing defensively, um, you know, controlling tempo and pace with that. So I think that letting our defense ignite our offense um, and then last but not least, just valuing every possession. Val defensively, offensively, I think that's going to be big for us is just making sure that we can flip that assist to turnover ratio a little bit for our team um, and get back to being in the positive there. And your defense, I, I will mention, as you said, the last five games over this winning streak, I believe holding opponents to 55 points a game. I mean, you've got to be so proud of that defensive effort. And I think you've held two of the opponents under 50 points mm -hmm. in those games. And I know you really pride yourself. There was even a post-game interview, I believe, with Adam from The Spectator mm -hmm. where he asked you after one of the games, I think it was after the Milwaukee game, mm -hmm. were you more proud of the <laughs> offensive performance or were you more proud of the defensive performance? Mm -hmm. And you didn't have to take a split second to think about it. You said 100% totally. the defense. Yeah. So just talk about that defensive effort so far this season. Yeah, I I think understanding how important that side of the ball is because it, the way that we play, it really lends itself to un being able to just play freely and fast if you can get stops and c keep the ball live in possessions. Um, so it, for us to be tenacious and really try to force teams into scrambles and uncomfortable situations, that's only going to allow us to play the style we want. So just understanding and rewiring again, like how do we how do we see – um, that translating, I think, has been really important for this team, and I think they're like just totally bought into that. So um, I'm proud. I'm really proud of them for that and taking pride in it. And I think, you know, it's something we just want to keep growing on. And I'm going to touch on next week's games as well because the team will be in Nashville next week, and we will not record a podcast this week. We're doing women's basketball only special. Next week will be a men's basketball only special. So I want to talk about those two games mm -hmm. uh, going into Nashville to play Vanderbilt and Tennessee State. An exciting trip for the team. You'll take on Vanderbilt December 29th, and then you'll take on Tennessee State December 30th. Uh, I want you to kind of talk about this trip and why why it was planned, and I'll let you lead into that. Okay. <laughs> um, so every so one thing that's important too in scheduling is that we always try to take our players home at some point so they can play in front of their families, their hometowns, um, and we get to provide that experience for them. Um, and with that said, you know you, our teams from all over the place, all over the world. So um, each year we have some sort of trip that's a little more exotic than others, right? Uh, not a trip just like, you know, um, down south to, you know, across the Hudson or anything like that. So it's it's more for us about getting out and having experiential, um, you know, moments for the players. So getting out to Nashville where Riley Casey's parents are living currently um, was, was something that we was has been on our docket and just has to line up the right way. So 
you know, playing. Also, we want to make sure that we're scheduling and playing against some teams that play in the Power Five conferences. So we got a chance to play against Vanderbilt from the SEC um, and then Tennessee State as well. Um, that's a team that's also close by in that area so that we can kind of stay in one area and have a home base. So for us, it's it's like it's both of those things. So it's taking your players home so they can play, like we said, in front of their home crowds, and then also um, making sure that we're getting some quality opponents out of it. And another unique and, I think, uh, good thing about this trip is it gives you a back-to-back, -back, right? Mm -hmm. It gives you a Vanderbilt December 29th, Tennessee State December 30th, kind of gets you your first little taste of that to kind of practice and prep for Ivy League season. Totally, yeah. Quick turnarounds are, you know, that's part of the league. That's part of what we do. It's who we are. And, and to be able to embrace that and really rely on the depth of your program, I think, um, as you said, Kyle, it's, it's going to be a great test for us. And we'll have Riley on later in the episode to talk about some of the finer details of the trip. Uh, but from a basketball perspective, and you kind of mentioned this, a chance to face an SEC team. And in your coaching tenure here so far, Columbia earned their first Big East win. And in fact, you've won three Big East games in a row now, two in a row over Providence, and then beat Georgetown earlier this year. Columbia earned its first ever ACC win in your coaching tenure two years ago when uh, you beat Boston College here on Education Day. And so now, yeah, I don't want to put anything out there, <laughs> but maybe a chance to earn the first SEC win. So, I mean, I, I don't want to say that's on your mind or the girl's mind, but I know it would be special for you to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, we don't – I don't try to think about that stuff. You know, it's really – like I said, we try to make it about us. But, yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity to go somewhere um, and battle against a good program on their home floor um, and give them our best. So that's, that's kind of how we just try to think about it, you know, go day to day for that. And one more thing about this trip, I mean, Vanderbilt Memorial Gymnasium, a very unique place mm -hmm. to play for anybody who may not know. The benches are behind both baskets, so instead of the normal location on the sideline, both benches are behind each basket. So you'll have one half where the team's on the completely opposite end of the floor from where you are, and then you'll have, well, it's on offense, I mean, and then the second half, the team will be on offense, like right in front of you as you're behind the basket. And I do think they've changed some of the setup a little bit where the head coaches are allowed up the sideline yeah. uh, <laughs> to a certain extent. I know at yeah. one point it used to be that even the head coach was back behind the baseline. I mean, but that's going to be a unique experience for you. And I think you've said you've been there. I mean, have you ever coached in that at that gym? I have. Yeah, it was it was actually um, my very first scout as a coach. <laughs> I was an assistant at Princeton and. It was, we played in their tournament and ended up playing Vanderbilt. It was my scout. Um, and I, I remember it was, it, it was really unique because you're, it's a player's game. You know, it's more, you're not right there. They can't see you at every moment. Their backs are turned to you for most of the, you know, the half. Uh, and so it's, it's really unique just in, in terms of the setup and, and the whole vibe. So for us, the the stands are also, I'm sorry, the bleacher setting is also like a little bit further off the court. Yeah. So it's just like, it's more like you're kind of like playing on an island a little <laughs> bit. So, um, but it's a really neat, you know, kind of like theater-like environment. Um, so I'm excited for us to get that opportunity. Yeah, the the stands are further away from the court, as you mentioned, because they have all the uh, the press and the media mm -hmm. and the table staff. Yeah. Like, it, it's almost like we're, I mean, we're all be sitting for the game. It's like I'll be sitting with my eyes, like, almost level yeah. to the court, <laughs> like, looking up at everybody from yeah. down there. It's really, it's an interesting setup, totally. but it is a very cool place to play on one of the neater places in, in college basketball. All right, before I let you go, as this is kind of the holiday time, I do mm -hmm. want to Get some uh, holiday traditions out of you, like the Griffith family. What does the Griffith family do every <laughs> holiday? I mean, what is the tradition? Yeah, Maybe so it's changed over the years. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, every year it's a little different, right, as we everybody gets a little bit older and uh, just, like, people being less mobile. But 
So traditionally on uh, Christmas Eve, we spend it with my mother's side of the family. So her her brother lives close by. So it's usually him and us, and, and they make a traditional Portuguese rice dish. It's called arroz gordo, and it's something that we've had since I can't you know since I, a little I've been alive. So it's uh, it's a rice dish that they make with a lot of meats and. Uh, that's something we all look forward to very much. My mom cooks it now because my grandpa, my grandmother used to. Um, and then that night, my sister and I have like always opened gifts for as long as I can remember, probably since we were like, you know, teenagers or could buy each other gifts. <laughs> so that's, you know, kind of our little moment. And then the next day we spend Christmas morning, um, probably my favorite part of all of it is opening up our stockings. My mom has a lot of fun with that. So even now we all have stockings. Uh, from my parents to my sister. I, it's the same way. I mean, I my mom stockings. still makes me a stocking every year, oh, and I'm amazing. like, you know you don't have to do this, right? She's like, I know, but I yeah. want to. Yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> and we go around, like, everybody opens up one at a time. The dog even has a stocking. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. So it's it's a really – it's a, it's just, like, a fun tradition, and they're, like, like knick-knack things. And, yeah. Um, Does your mom wrap little presents that go in the stocking? Oh, yeah. She, she does. does. She does it all. I'm telling my wife about this you need because to. I'll take you a the picture. First, the, first, you. the first time uh, her and I did Christmas together and we made stockings for yeah. each other, you know, I wrapped some little gifts and put them in the stocking. And then the stocking she gave me, I had no, I had no problems with it, but yeah. she was like, why did you wrap gifts and put them in my stocking? Oh, I'm like, sure. I'm <laughs> sure she was a little. She was probably a little I mean, pissed she, at you. I no. get what what her family, I guess, traditionally does is they just like fill it mostly with candy yeah. and there's like little knickknack items. Yeah. But none of it's wrapped or anything, you know. Yeah. No, my mom, she does it all. She literally, she yeah. is, she is Santa's little helper. She um, she wraps everything that's in there, unless it's like some odd shaped thing that like you can't, you know. But it, for the most part, she she does a great job with it. Um. And then it's just, you know, Christmas, we hang out with my dad's side of the family. So it's just something that it's a pretty casual, low-key uh, day. And, you know, I just think it's a it's a great time. You know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, this time of the year, it just it, it allows you to be with the people that you love. Um, so I'm excited to get to get it, get home for a couple of days. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thanks for giving us some insight into the program Absolutely. and into your holiday. <laughs> As I mentioned, the team is back in action Saturday at noon at home to play NJIT. Uh, but right now we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, junior captain Riley Casey will be joining us for part two of our podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Looking for holiday deals? Columbia basketball tickets are the perfect stocking stuffer for last minute shopping. The women's basketball team is back in action on Saturday, December 21st when they host NJIT at a special 12 noon tip. Tickets are just $8. You can catch the men's basketball team before the year's end on Saturday, December 28th when they take on Marist. Albany comes to town December 30th to close out 2019. You can interact with both teams on Saturday, January 4th. The men's basketball team will be hosting a pregame youth clinic prior to the women's basketball game against Mercer at 2 p.m. Registration for the clinic includes a ticket to the women's game and food. Purchase your tickets today at GoColumbiaLions.com slash tickets or call the box office at 888-LIONS-11. Happy holidays and go Lions! All right, welcome back. Now joining us in studio, I'm happy to welcome Riley Casey and special guest interviewer Megan Rojas to the podcast. Rye? Welcome back. First time this year. And Rojas joining us for the first time. Happy to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. So excited to be on the podcast. I've been a huge fan of Kyle's work the past oh two God, years. Oh my God, that means so much to me I know, right I now. listen every week. Um, Do you? Well, every week. 
and I'm just excited to be here interviewing one of my faves, Riley. Are you nervous? I'm not nervous. I feel like I've been preparing for this moment for quite some time, mostly by listening to your podcast, but also I'm a huge podcast fan in general. So I'm really excited to make it make it kind of real. I have head, um, headsets on. So. I've become more of a podcast fan kind of as I've been doing this. Mm. And I don't know if either of you are fans of The Office, but I've just been listening to The Office Ladies podcast. I don't oh. know. If you watch The Office, there's a new podcast with uh, Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam Beasley, and Angela uh, Kinsey, who plays Angela Martin. Uh, those two are going episode by episode through. Anyway. I'm a huge a great Office fan. I didn't know that that's that existed. A great, oh, my God. You need to listen to it. They just kind of started. There's only six episodes in season one, and now they're on like the second or third episode of season two. But you're like you're you're it's a weekly. commute guy. Oh yeah, I'm a commute guy. So. So in the car, that's what you listen oh, to. Oh yeah, that's what I've been doing. What about road time. trips? Uh, well, you're I, I've just started listening to it though. Oh. All right, back to the topic of conversation. Columbia basketball. Riley is a junior guard from Brentwood, Tennessee. A junior captain for the team this year. You attended Franklin Road Academy in Nashville, where the team is headed next week. Uh, so that's got to be exciting for you. What's the plan for when the team heads down to Nashville, you know, family-wise for you? Well, I think actually a lot of families are going to be coming. So I think we're going to go to my house for dinner one night, have some good Nashville barbecue, and then maybe practice at my high school one day. And it's pretty cool because we're playing Vanderbilt, and that is like 15 minutes from where I went to school. Riley, as I mentioned, a team captain this year, your first year as a captain. Talk about the selection process, if you want a little bit, and what it means to you to be selected as a captain this year. Okay, well, the selection was interview style, and it was in front of the team and all the coaches, and people could just ask questions and see, like, why we thought we should be captain. And then it was voted for by the team and our coaches. And to me, it means a lot just knowing that, like, my teammates and friends all believe in me and think I could be a great leader for our team. So it just means a lot. And now, were you a captain of your high school team? Yes. So do you use any of those, uh, you know, do you have anything that you reflect back on from when you were captain of your high school team that you kind of have used so far this season? Yeah, I think definitely in high school, but also just even in these past few years, just learning from other leaders that we've had and just, I don't know, using my past experiences here and knowing like what ways can be more successful to get the best out of everyone and just reach everyone and have everyone working towards the same goal. Now I'm going to talk about this trip a little bit. Somebody told me, might have been Coach Griffith on the podcast when we were during the break, that your sister Taylor, a senior at Washington and Lee, will be down in Nashville playing at the same time. Yeah, she's actually playing against Katie's sister. And that's what I was going to say next. She's <laughs> oh playing God, against Katie's sister, <laughs> Olivia, who plays for, I wrote it down here, Hamilton College. Yeah. So those two, your sister and Katie's sister, will be playing each other. I mean, what do you know what day that game is? Will, will we be at the game? I don't know. I know that she plays both the same days that we play, okay. but it's not at the same time. All right. So it's going to be hard know. for us to yeah. get there, Yeah, unless it's like – they play at 8 o'clock at night yeah. or something. Yeah. Are they going to your house, too, the yeah. day that we No, are? I think I don't think it's the same day. Okay. Oh, well, that's exciting. I did not know that. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Will that make it into <laughs> the media guide? Well, are we on the media? Oh, you mean the recap? We're away. The recap. It could make it into the video. I think what we may try and do on this trip, like we did a couple years ago when we went to Houston, is make a video oh, yeah. about the trip. And, in, you know, a lot of it may focus on you and your parents and – uh, you know, your sister, if we can get, if we can grab her for a second, I think that would be really cool. Uh, but another fun fact I found out about you and your family is that during the holidays, 
I was told you guys play a little three-on-three basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, can you talk about like how that started and how that goes? Oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm going to let it's Ro take the lead <laughs> from there. It's called Casey Family Three-on-Three. <laughs> okay. Everyone Original. Plays, yes. And the teams have had to change throughout the years because at first we couldn't do boys against girls because the boys weren't good enough. Mm. And now that my dad's still good, but my mom isn't as – she's more of a standstill three-point shooter. She is like a great three-point shooter, but she can't shoot while moving. <laughs> and so that <laughs> that kills us on defense because Shawnee and RJ are just – now they're high school boys, so they're pretty quick. <laughs> so they're quick. All right. So for anybody who doesn't know, I know you're talking about all your family members <laughs> right now. Uh, run us through your siblings, who they are, who's older, trait. who's older, who's younger, and kind of <laughs> how the teams are set up. Okay. Well, my sister is one year older than me. She's a senior, and she plays basketball at Washington and Lee in Virginia. And then – my two brothers, one of them's a senior and one of them's a sophomore. Their names are Sean and RJ. And your older sister's name is Taylor. Taylor. Okay. Yes. Yes. And everyone plays basketball. But my brother, I think, is going to play football next year in college at the University of Rochester. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think he just decided a few days ago. That's he might very not want to include this part because I don't know if it's actually official and he could change it. <laughs> She's signing the national letter of intent on this oh, podcast. Oh, no, we may keep this part. We'll see. Depends on when it airs. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, has he signed any? No, I'm gonna guess no. Maybe no, did he, he give him a verbal? Yeah, it's Division Three, so we just got in oh. like okay. last week. So we I think you watched all of his games this past fall, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Fun fact: I had my accountability group over for pizza <laughs> one night, which is Sienna, Riley, and Carly. Uh, explain the accountability group. So each um, person on staff gets three or four people amongst the team that is in their accountability group, different than positional group. It's totally different than on the court basketball stuff. And we check in with grades and what's important, what's going on outside of on the court. And my group, who I love, really proud of <laughs> who's in my group, it's Riley, Carly, and Sienna. But in the beginning of the year, because everyone's so busy, it's really hard to get everyone together for dinner. So I had everyone over for pizza, and Riley had to leave a little early because she had to watch, I guess, the f- it online, right? Yeah. it was like, And the they won. Yeah. It was a championship game. No, it wasn't a championship game. Oh, it was to go to the championship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt bad because I made her come, and I was like, oh, we can watch it on, on my, like, Fire Stick. And we, she didn't have the login, and she was calling her mom, and her mom was <laughs> at the game. She didn't have the password, so she left early. But it was still fun. Whose accountability group would I be in if I was in one? Who do you, where's my fit? Where's my fit? I honestly feel like, Kyle, if I had to pick someone for you, to be, you'd be in mine. I was going to say, you're going to pick yeah. – <laughs> We'd obviously make podcasts, and I would I would love if you were in mine, and we kind of interview our whole group. That would be a fun one, the four of us. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe I can interview for the accountability group next year. Yeah. And, you know, I'll put my <laughs> resume together. <laughs> All right. Well, for anybody who may not know, Riley, you grew up, I believe. I don't know how old you were when you moved, but you can get into that in New Jersey. So you might have talked about this on last year's podcast, but kind of give everybody a fresher uh, you grew up in Jersey. How old were you when you moved? And do you have any family that still lives up here in the area? I moved from New Jersey when I was 11. So I think that was after fifth grade. And I moved to Atlanta where we lived for four years. And then before my sophomore year in high school, we moved to Nashville. So I only went to three years of high school there. But I think everyone in my family would agree that it's like the most home. I was going to say, you, you consider that to be your hometown. Yeah, definitely. For sure. It's where your closest friends from high school, I'm sure, are yeah. and all of that. But you're originally from Jersey, which is what's important. Yes. Oh, we have two. <laughs> we have some Jersey <laughs> people. And you who live origi- in Jersey. I live in Jersey now. I'm not originally from Jersey, but, but we can all stake claim <laughs> to Jersey. 
Okay, Jersey bagels are the best. One. Yeah. True or false? Right. True. Every time my parents come up here, they get bagels. Bagels. Yeah. Fly I mean, Jersey, I mean, are they different from New York bagels? Are oh, they? my. Sorry. <laughs> I love New York, but I don't know. They are significantly I mean, they're significantly better, <laughs> better than going somewhere else, like of in course, the south. Of yeah, course. Yeah. I, ca- I can't wait to get a, a piece of bread with a hole in it in Nashville. But I, Jersey bagels <laughs> are the best. You can't wait or you can wait? I can wait, I yeah. guess. But, or to show you that they're bad. Do you say Taylor Ham or... <gasps> What do you get? I, I, is oh, it a pork roll? Oh, this is a pork, pork roll, roll Taylor ham. ham. I've never. <laughs> Debate. You've never ordered a breakfast no. sandwich? Oh, my God. I, I bacon, always get bacon, cheese. egg, and cheese, so I never. Oh. Yeah. I But I, growing up, knew what a pork roll was. I didn't okay. know what a Taylor ham was. What's the Jersey thing to say? I think, so North Jersey is Taylor ham. Okay. South Jersey is pork roll. I was from Central Jersey, which I know mm. half of you people don't believe is a <laughs> you thing. You people. <laughs> I'm from North Jersey, and I don't, I don't, I think I recognize the Central Jerseyans, but I think you guys also say pork roll, even though I guess you don't order that. Taylor Ham, Egg and Cheese, Whole Wheat Bagel, please, is my order. (laughs) What do you consider to be Central Jersey? Uh, Not that I'm, uh, I I believe there is a Central Jersey, but I think people from New Jersey don't, right? It's just North-South. Yeah, I mean, North-South, suburbs of New York. What separates New York? What separates New York? I mean, north-south Jersey here. That's a great question. I'm actually not sure. I I should probably It's a very that. ambiguous line. Yeah, I think it kind of, it depends on where you're from. I would say like Princeton area is central, and then below that yeah. is south. All right, getting back to basketball a little bit here. Uh, two games next week down in Nashville. We're going to focus on those two games, even though I know the team plays NJIT on Saturday. But with you being from that area, we're going to focus on those games. First game, December 29th, against Vanderbilt at Memorial Gymnasium. Uh, have you ever played in that gym before? It's a very unique gym. Yeah, before the state championship game, we actually played there. And it is a very unique gym because the uh, baselines are where the benches are. That's so right. Oh, uh, I have heard that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's a raised-up court, so it'll be it interesting. Is. It's an elevated, yeah, elevated court. The be- uh, We've talked about this with Coach Griffith earlier on the podcast, but the benches are – behind each basket they do allow i think the head coach now to kind of go up the sideline a little bit i don't know if it's always been like that but the head coach can go up the sideline but essentially you'll be shooting the first half like very far away from your team on offense and then the second half you'll be by your bench but when you're on defense you can at least be facing your bench i guess it's a very unique place to play i've been there once do we know why it's like that uh it's a i don't know the exact reason why Hmm. But I know I don't think they're ever going to change it. It's yeah. just such a unique gym, and it's like you know one of like the historic halls of college basketball, if you will, at this point, right? Yeah. So, um, the good thing is we're going to practice there probably two times before we even play there and shoot around. Yes, you so would we'll know yeah. as the Dobo, the director <laughs> of operations, as the itinerary creator. The itinerary creator. Um, <laughs> we are probably going to practice there. The day we get there, and then the days after before we play, which is our first game before Tennessee State. Yeah, so Vanderbilt on the 29th, Tennessee State on the 30th. Again, I talked about this with Coach G a little bit, but it's it's a back-to-back. It's a little preparation for Ivy League season, if you will, and you having gone through two Ivy League seasons already, I mean, that's got to be kind of nice to have that in your non-conference schedule to kind of give you a little feel for how Ivy League play is. Yeah, and I think it'll definitely be good for the freshmen to just see and get an idea of how it'll feel. But I'm excited for that because, especially this year, we have a, a pretty deep bench. So we have a, a lot of rotations that we can get in. So people have healthy 
ready legs for the next day. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of healthy, ready legs, I uh, won't get into too much detail, but uh, you were out, you know, a good part of the preseason uh, with a leg injury. Uh, but now you're back uh, on the court. You were the last two games, I believe, you were available, correct? You played a few minutes in the December 6th game against Georgetown. And then you were out there. I don't know how many minutes you played against Davidson, but it was a significantly more amount of minutes, if I'm correct. Anyway, how does it feel to be back out there after having to sit out? You know, I know everybody wanted to be careful. There was no reason to push it. Uh, but now you're back out there healthy, ready to go, and in time to go on this trip and play in front of your family. So that's got to be nice. Yeah, it's awesome just being back out there and playing with everyone. It definitely gives me a new perspective from sitting on the bench and just, like, having to be more of, like, a coaching-type role and just, like, helping people along than being on the court and being able to actually do things. Was that hard for you this year, uh, not only because you were unavailable from an injury standpoint, but you're a captain, so – your job as a captain is to try and, you know, during practice, like keep people motivated, stay on top of people, uh, do all that stuff. And you have to do it from the sidelines and you can't really do it from the court. So, I mean, how was the adjustment there? It definitely made me use my voice more. And it was like a weird thing because it's like I'm telling these people what to do, but I can't be doing it with them. I can't be like going through it with them. So it was just like getting used to it and knowing that I'll be back soon. These people, she said. <laughs> 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 These people don't we know all know doing. she means her teammates. She loves them. She would go to war for them. But on the podcast, there's these people. But Riley did a great job on the sideline. At, po at points when you were out, you had essentially a team, right? We'd go white and blue, and you'd yeah. be basically coaching one team. Like that was your role. That yeah. was your way, I guess, of staying involved. Yeah. Well, you seem to – do you have anything that comes to mind, Ra, that you saw to Riley maybe when she was hurt? Like one moment maybe? Oh, for sure. I definitely do. When you, Were you in a boot at one point? Crutches. Crutches, that's what it was. She – Coach, she was like, go talk to them. And you, like, <laughs> <laughs> crutched from probably the far baseline to half court, and it took you – like, it didn't take you long, like you're an athletic kid, but it, it, was, it was fun to watch you get there and then be like, what are we doing? And then tell them. What we needed to do, even though you really couldn't be out there. Yes. Do you feel back and better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Definitely. It's good to be back. Well, you're back just in time for your family debut. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. True. Do you have a lot of people coming to the game? I think so. Unfortunately, my brothers have a tournament what? in yeah, in Knoxville. So they won't even be there when we're at no. your house? Wow. We need to get them get a private jet and <laughs> fly them back somehow. <laughs> yeah. I and think we met your family on one of these trips before – uh, which trip was it? Do you remember? I don't like one of these winter trips. Was it Houston or was it last year at uh, Mercer? I don't oh, remember. They were all house. at Mercer. Yeah, they were all at Mercer. All right, I do want to talk about the team successes a little bit with you. Some basketball-related stuff. I mean, the teams won five in a row, six and three. Uh, a win over the defending NEC champion Robert Morris. Then you went on the road and beat Army. Then had three straight home wins against Milwaukee, Georgetown, and Davidson. And with you on the sideline for most of them, but I know you've been able to come back these last two games and, you know, hit some threes off the bench <laughs> way, and really in some big moments, especially against Davidson. Uh, and not only have you won five in a row, but four of them have been fourth-quarter comebacks. When you, like, uh, down seven points against both uh, Robert Morris and Army on the road and came back to win those games, down against Georgetown, came back to win that game, down – marginally in the fourth quarter against Davidson, but came back from a nine-point deficit, I believe it was, in the third quarter. I mean, what have you, what's the biggest difference that you've seen in this team this year 
to have that fight in the second half in the fourth quarter uh, to kind of get over the hump and win these games. I think it's been really cool to see, like, that it's come from so many different people. Like, there's not one person who's brought us back in every single game. It's just been, like, three or four people just going on around. Like, more, it's different people every game. So, it just can be – it's a very diverse attack. Like, exactly. <laughs> you come from anyone. You're kind of echoing what your coach said in that, um, you know, it's not that every game we're relying on one person to be the leading scorer, one person to be the leading rebounder, one person to lead the team even in assists. Like, yeah. Michaela Markham is not leading us in assists every single game. I mean – Jay's had games, Markham's had games, Shoes had games. You know, it, it's been spread across the board, and it's it's really funny to kind of see that, I guess, from my perspective, too, from a stat standpoint, where you're, like, focusing on the leading scorer and the leading rebounder, but every game it's somebody yeah. different. And those are really the, like, when you know a team is coming together, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it's fun to watch, and it's fun to play. Like, I don't know, everyone loves those type of games. We were joking after the last one. We just <laughs> were keeping it interesting, but – I think it was, like, we were in a place where we knew we were going to win, and that was just, like, the stance we were at. Like, even though it was tight, even though it was close down to the end, we were just so confident in ourselves, and I think that's something we've been missing in the past. Yeah, it's definitely been good to see the team playing team basketball on the court, and it's really been leading to a lot of victories. Now I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the academic side of things. Um, can you, you know, talk to us about your major and why you picked that major or something interesting about that major that you have going on? Okay, well, I'm an economics major, and I kind of picked it because I took the intro class, and I took a few other intro classes, and it was just the most interesting to me, and I don't know, I just really liked it. Um, but I'm also, like, my other interests, I, I actually really enjoy art history and Spanish, and so this summer I actually studied abroad in Barcelona. That's and very cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I took Spanish classes, and the city is actually, like, really, like, full of a lot of art history and architecture and it was just a really cool experience how right. long were you there for i was there for five weeks <laughs> and then the last week i actually got to visit one of my teammates who graduated who was studying abroad in paris josie yes josie little she is she back she's coming back i believe like right around in the next few days because <laughs> she was studying abroad she played for us last year two years ago she medically retired but she was out during her last semester there. Yeah. So how long did you see her for? Uh, for like four days. Oh my god, I did not know that. Yeah, it was really fun. What were the peaks and valleys of Barcelona? <laughs> Let's see. Definitely when I first landed there, I thought I made a huge mistake. Because Overwhelmed? Yes, it was crazy. Just everything about it. And I had never traveled like that distance before, so the jet lag was horrible. Mm. <laughs> I would be hungry at like 4 o'clock in the morning. I feel that. But no, nothing was open. Did you I get in food. at a weird time when you flew in? No. It, uh, well, I flew like through the night. So when I landed, I was supposed to stay awake the whole next day. Oh, God, that doesn't work. Yeah, no. no. It was terrible. Rookie mistake. Yeah, and the same thing happened when I came back. I was we were, I went to the beach with my family. Like, that's where I flew back into. Yeah. And I just remember waking up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning every morning and having to go get, like, an apple from the kitchen or something. Oh, my gosh. It, it was rough. Were you speaking Spanish? Yeah. Like, you can speak sort of fluent. Well, yeah. I was going to ask you that. That's yeah. A, yeah, that's what I was going to ask before. Like, are you fluent? Yeah, by the end of it, actually, this was, like, my claim to fame in barcelona we went to this uh, the girls that i met we went to this restaurant like that was near where we lived a few actually like more than a few times a lot of times but they would always hand us these english menus right we walked in just based off of the way we said hola mm. and on the last day i was the first person who walked in there and i said hola and i s guess i said it like a person from barcelona because you didn't they gave say me it like you just menu. said it right there <laughs> no not so like you that don't, at all you don't <laughs> know you didn't walk in and be like hola 
<laughs> you don't know the differences or you kind of do? No, I, I did. But, like, even though I would try it, it would be like, okay, yeah, you're from America. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> I'm here from Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> no, but by the end of it, I got, like, pretty good at Spanish, and I would be able to ask people for directions. Oh, that's or awesome. Like, yeah, it was really cool. Can you st- – you can still speak Spanish right now? Yeah, but I haven't – I'm Can I'm I put Spanish? you on the spot right oh now no, on the podcast? The <laughs> Do you know how to say podcast I in Espanol? <laughs> no. I think it's just podcast. I don't think I think it's just the English. I don't. I, I, I mean, I might be wrong, but can you say? I don't know. Give oh us no. a little like go. <laughs> come to our game on Saturday, December twenty first against NJIT. Go Lions! She's can you nervous. do that? Oh, She's no. If you could see her right now, I'm getting the hand back and forth saying, please stop. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> the face <Honestly>. is red. <laughs> Drinking water. Agua. 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 <laughs> All right. Not as fluent as she once was. Is, she uh, lost the it and conclusion. left it in Barcelona. She did. But at one no. point, you would have thought she was yeah. from Barcelona. But I'm taking another Spanish class next semester, so maybe... Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned on the podcast. Maybe next semester during the Ivy season, I'll be interviewed in Spanish. Oh. I don't know who's going to interview you, but... <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anybody else on our team that speaks no. fluent. Carly? No, is that... Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah? Does she? I think she... Yes, she does. She She's very good at Spanish. Is she fluent? Like, would you put yourself above her because you no, did this No, I think Barcelona I would thing? put her above me, her family. She, right, right. She, I think, is very good at Spanish. We have one play that she says very... Yes. What is it? Quatro. <laughs> We have a play called Quattro. Yes, yeah, but the, the way court. she says oh, but it she is r- like... Does she roll the R? Oh, yeah. 100%. It's amazing. It's amazing. Does she, will she call that play out loud during a game? Yes, if she's yeah. on the with court? the accent. <laughs> I, might, I would That's be intimidated. You know she's <laughs> <laughs> I know. If I'm on defense and somebody <laughs> yells that and rolls the R, I'm like, oh, okay. She knows <laughs> what she's doing. <laughs> Balancesto. That's basketball, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was with Very like a good. southern accent. <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to shake it up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, time <laughs> time goes fast when you're it having really fun on this podcast. How it really does. Uh, Riley, we wish you and the team continued success. Uh, Rojas, you as well. And uh, I think your debut on the Inside Columbia Basketball podcast was uh, was at least a B plus, average? if not an A. Average. At least above. I'm going to give you an above average uh, grade. Okay. I'm going to have to do some. I'm going to have to do some talking with uh, Mike Kowalski. We'll figure this out. If yeah. See if maybe you can be a little bit more of a regular. Ooh, a reg. Oh. My dream come true. Yes. We are taking next week off from women's basketball because the team will be in Nashville. So we'll record a podcast again in two weeks. Uh, when the team, around the time that the team takes on Mercer, we'll talk about the trip to Nashville. We'll preview the Mercer game. Next week will be a men's basketball-only podcast. Mike Kowalski will be sitting down with some men's basketball players and coaches for that. Uh, as always, thank you to our listeners this week. As we mentioned, the Columbia women's basketball team returns home Saturday, December 21st, to host NJIT at noon, followed by a trip to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt December 29th and Tennessee State on December 30th. Riley? Rojas, once again, really appreciate you guys coming. This was fun. Yes, it was. Thanks for having us. Thanks for letting me debut, guys. Really appreciate it. Very nice debut. Very nice. (laughs) And once again, thank you to our listening audience. The men are home next week, hosting Maris December 28th and Albany December 30th. All Columbia home games are available on ESPN+. To subscribe to ESPN+, visit ESPNplus.com. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.